welcome to the Inner Dominatrix podcast, the show that gets you stepping into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. And as always, I have another very exciting and interesting guest for you to learn from. Just before we dive into that, I want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast so that you get all the secret episodes, the solo juicy tidbits. You don't want to miss any of those. So make sure you subscribe anywhere subscriptions to podcasts are available. All right, now let's dive in here. I want to introduce you to Tim Thane. Tim has a really great piece that he's doing with young adults and working with them to, you know, after they've been through treatment and making sure that it's not, they're not relapsing and going back into the same patterns. I love what he's doing because it's so important. You know, we talk a lot about this is what's going on in our, in our society and with the kids and here, let's get them some treatment. Then what happens when they come out? How do they then handle integrating back in with the family? How does the family integrate in with them? And how do we integrate in with society? Which I personally, I just, I was so touched by what Tim is doing. I had to bring him in and introduce you. So Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dana. It's so good to be here with you. Tim, so tell me how, what sparked your interest in getting involved in this segment? It's kind of an unusual segment to go for. You know, it it came about because of a career crisis that I had. You know, in talking to you a little bit before the show, you understand as a serial entrepreneur, you learn a lot along the way. I'd actually started a wilderness treatment program for adolescents. That's a pretty amazing context, you know, to work with kids in. They change quickly. If you're not savvy, you think this change is real and that it'll last (laughs) Mm. because you see them out there and it's like, whoa, you know, when you bring their parents out to see them partway through the wilderness process, they will look at their kid in the eye, even though they're dirty as all get out, you know, you try to get them to to bathe or, you know, to wash off a little bit, but they, (laughs) they just get dirty and they don't smell great. And so you're worried when, you know, when the, uh, Parents come out to hug their kids. That's going to be the overwhelming sense, you know, that's going to hit them is the smell. But what they see in their eyes is just incredible. It's like the light is back in their eyes mm-hmm. and their facial expression and their countenance. And through the dirt, they, they are just glowing. When I first started working out there, I founded this company, had a friend that had already done one before, and and we did it together this time. And and so I just kept feeling like I'm cheating. Wow, as a therapist working with a kid that wants to see me every week and can't wait for me to get out there and and then seeing their parents reunite and how incredibly joyous they are with seeing their, their child back, you start to really think that they are there. They're good to go. But then I had a, a crisis that I'd say one of the, my, you, you try not to have favorites with your own children, and you also try not to do that with the clients you have. <laughs> but, but there was a student. But it happens. But it happens. Yeah. And there was a student that was in our field that was just an incredible kid. He came out from the Northwest. He had green hair. <laughs> and <laughs> he was kind of rebelling, and, but so bright, angry when he came. And by week two, he, it was in the middle of the winter here in Utah. And so we had a couple of feet of snow on the ground. I went to his, his campsite first because he requested the field staff send me to him first. And he had built a whole living room suite out of snow. Wow. A couch, 
love seat, coffee table, all of it, and two cups of water sitting on the, the snow coffee table, one for me, one for him. And I'm like, he hated me last week. I'm not sure I want to drink that water. <laughs> uh, that was the beginning of an amazing journey together as he started to really, really grow in that setting. To cut the story down quite a bit, he went on to a year therapeutic program after ours. He was also a star in their program. I had stayed really close to his parents. When he came home, I expected good things. Unfortunately, some really quick sliding back. My first home visit was what happened. I, I got a call from his mother and heard what was going on. I said, I'm hopping on a plane. I'm going to come out. And I got there and had little to no power or influence at that point, mm. which shocked me because of the relationship I had with him before. The family was hopeless and they were doing all the traditional therapy stuff, trying to you know hold it together and it wasn't working. And I, I, I just became disillusioned overnight with what I was doing. Decided that I had to fill this gap that existed after a structured, highly structured, designed kind of experience where you set up to help change happen quickly. And so I've been trying to fill that hole really for the last 12 years. Worked with families literally all over the country, in the United States, up into Canada, all kinds of places, going into homes, working with their community, helping them create the right structure, kind of ramping down from this highly structured situation. And then it comes back to, you know, how do you create long-term change and help people reach their potential in the real world with all the complexities and challenges that exist? And it's something I love. It's what I love to do. I can tell that. You're so passionate when you talk about it. And it's something that really needs to be said because it's, you know, I've been in and around the self-help world for decades. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I hate admitting that because then I got to admit how old I am, right? <laughs> so, yes. But decades. And I, I see that, uh, you know, to a small degree, we go to these, you know, two-day, three-day, four-day workshops, right? And within that, everybody's having these massive breakthroughs and oh my god this awareness and they're like just evolved and they're transformed you see the pictures before and after and you're like whoa and then as you go back to your day-to-day -day life it's like gradually just kind of like drops back down slowly down to where you mm -hmm. were before mm -hmm. and it feels frustrating because it's like why can't we you know get that to stay right right you make me think of another experience that does have some, I think, lessons in it uh, that answers your question. And it relates also to the exact experience you talked about, going to these workshops and self-help stuff. In uh, my, my PhD program, I was uh, interested. I was there as a marriage and family therapy student, but my interest was broader than that. I wanted to see if I could apply marriage and family therapy techniques and models and theories to business organizations mm -hmm. and to the people inside those organizations. Because to me, it was all just another human system, right? Yeah. A home and family is a family yeah. system and this organization is a people system. And so I had the fortune of having some wonderful professors that encouraged me to be creative. I actually had a business professor another professor from the management systems engineering department of all places. I had, uh, and, then, and then my MFT professors and stat statistician. So I applied marriage and family therapy models to this problem you're talking about because I was looking at 
how that happened. And, and actually, the research was showing at the time that people, when they would go to these trainings from the organization would send them to, it would, it would start to boost their morale at first. But after they got home uh, for a little while, because nothing really truly changed, their skepticism started to set in, their morale would come down again, and it actually wasn't even that helpful in the end in many cases. And so I want to do something really, really different. So on the cover of my notebook, and this is the beginning of my innovations and my exploration about long-term change. And on the cover of the notebook was a picture of like a cityscape and then the home over here and this people and these concentric circles. And it, it was pretty tacky, <laughs> but, but it sent the message that we're going to work on the whole you. We're going to work on the whole you and try to change really how you're coming into relationships, whether they're at home or at work, and help you create that influence that and be your best self in those mm. both those settings. So you can't just be good here and somehow, you know, check that at the door when you go home. You need to really try and do this holistically. That was my theory. And we had a phenomenal experience. And and so that we had a five-day real intensive sort of the team, people from the same company would come. And it was scary for them, honestly, because it was kind of touchy-feely, you know, for, for that and vulnerable and a lot of stuff going on there. But they were willing to be vulnerable once we got into it. So they built these really incredible connections with that core group of people who are in their company. And then they would come out of that with a real clear plan about how I'm going to change two key relationships. And it's going to start with changing me. And then I'm going to aim it at these two important relationships, one in my family or friend and one at work. They would go off and do that for a month or two months. And I would coach them through that. So I knew their plan. They had a strategy. They had skills now. They had this like infusion of, I can do this. Then I would hold their hand through the next month and a half through coaching. And then we get back together with that same group again and have another intense three-day training. And their company paid for all of this. Wow. They ultimately, my, my mentor professor who had done a lot of consulting in businesses, he said, he says, Tim, I have seen a lot of programs come and go and a lot of things happen in large organizations, but I've never seen one until now actually change the culture of the organization. So what was cool about it is that we were looking for real long-term change for individuals, deep change that would last, that would be reinforced by positive interactions and success. It translated into real change for the organization. That's incredible. I'm curious. I mean, I just want to like totally pick your brain. I'm like, what did you do? <laughs> right? yeah. So what yeah. kinds of things, like, can you, do you mind sharing, like mapping out what created the big change for people? Why were they able to make it lasting? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll share a few of the elements if I can remember. It's been a few years, but it's the same stuff we're doing now in a lot of ways. Um, it always starts with you. That's the number one principle. Yeah. The change does have to begin with me if I want to change my world. And they have to start to see kind of how they're creating what it is that they have that they don't like mm -hmm. in terms of those relationships. And so we had a process I would take them through. It was very vulnerable where, you know, with 15 people, and these are your coworkers, not, not strangers, 
I would have them identify a interpersonal relationship that was important to them, but that was troubling and not working well. And we'd literally map it out on a flip chart and we would show the dynamic. And, and I had a process of helping them kind of get to this aha moment where they realize they're part of the problem and that they would then be able to own that part. And then the beautiful thing about it was to teach them it takes two people to maintain the cycle. It only takes one to break it. Mm. I know we don't have the other person here, but that doesn't matter because we have you here and you are powerful. You can do your part of this. That was a core piece to it. Another was just teaching them some important communication skills and, and helping them um, anticipate things that weren't going to go right and also to do it for the right reasons, you know, to make these changes in yourself and not say, well, you're not changing. It, it doesn't matter if they change because you're, you're having a completely different experience now. I would say that was a big piece of it. Other was the support network they had now built in because now this group of 12 to 15 people were like completely on each other's team. They knew you're trying to fix it with your marriage over here. And it was delicate because we had, I mean, I, I think I was teaching vulnerability before it was popular. You know, now it's like incredibly popular, but we're, that's what they were doing. They were in front of their peer group. What was yeah. really going on? There were tears. There were celebrations. There were moments of time in the middle of this workshop, just five days where we go off for lunch and, and somebody come back and they, we'd all come back and somebody didn't come back. We'd find out later, later they'd talked to us, a sibling they hadn't talked to in 20 years. Those are kinds of things that then prompted the rest of the group to become even more vulnerable and, and to do what they needed to do and do the hard work. So it was a combination of skills, really deep support, a really, really powerful vision of where they were going and seeing success right away. That is fantastic. I mean, I can, I can really see the power of that. And I love, like specifically, what, I, what resonates for me is that community. So you're doing it with people who are interacting and engaging every day. And I think maybe that's part of what I see with this personal development world is that, you know, people come together to an event, you know, like I was just at a retreat, which was fantastic, but we were all kind of, most of us were coming in from all these different places in the world. I'm not, you know, I'm not going home and, and these friends that I've made, they're not people that I'm interacting with daily. So right. the power of what you've created, and I'm sure that's what's, you know, kind of led to what you're doing now with the adolescents, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. creating that community. So am I making that bridge or? <laughs> Boy, you're helping me make it even stronger. But yes, that's exactly right. Um, <laughs> You know, sometimes you don't, you think your career is schizophrenic. You know, you, you might look at, at that and go, this all makes sense. But you look, you step back at this point in time and, and you're absolutely right. I can look at this and see, I pulled true principles from that experience and I kept them with me all the way through. And now that whole community of support is like the centerpiece of what I do with adolescents and and actually the centerpiece of a technology that I'm building right now that's, that we're really excited about that's going to do that same thing, facilitate mm. this kind of journey. Yeah, tell me more about that. Like, what, how does that work? 
Hey, you're going to get to jump on this. This okay. is uh, this good. I love having the inside I, scoop. <laughs> yeah, you're the you're one of the first to know in a way, but it's it's so exciting because it's uh, essentially a mobile app and platform for the behavioral health field that's going to help them do better work and sort of be their best and then be able to show their best. So they're able to actually get it out there to other people so they can attract others to their program because they're doing great work. And all of it has to do with creating a larger treatment team that consists of friends, family, neighbors, clergy, other professionals besides those in the treatment program, and essentially bringing them into, talk about vulnerability, right? We're saying, I've got this treatment program and I'm an expert on anxiety and that's what we do. But you know what? We don't do, we can't do everything that's needed for this client. Mm-hmm. You all play an important role. We're going to bring you in and let you be a part of what we're doing. So therefore, at the end of this, I mean, through this journey, they develop this deep connection and commitment and uh, support for that person who's in treatment. Wow. So you're, you're targeting the, the treatment professionals or the individuals? Initially, I'm targeting the treatment uh, organizations. Okay. You know, organizations that, generally speaking, they're doing an out-of-home kind of treatment. They're away. It's intensive. They specialize, you know, in certain, certain ty- uh, mental health issues or addictions. They have a special kind of recipe for what they do. Each one of these programs, you know, what makes them good is they think they're the best, right? And they've got a little wrinkle or a different way of doing it. What we want to do is really help empower programs and help them really be their best and be, and then add this dimension that will boost their outcomes. Also boost the, really the exposure of what their work is to some really people who really know them now. Oh my goodness. I love what you're doing. And and I have to say for me, like I'm just in the midst of creating a program that has that very similar vibe of supporting others in what they're doing. So the work that I will be doing in the program is going to allow others to shine. So whether, you know, they're working with a business coach, the business coach can take those people further. If they're working with you know, a weight loss or fitness, it's going to allow them to, you know, again, to take it further. So it's so fabulous that you're creating something that's a platform to help others succeed and to shine and be brilliant. Well, thank you. I, something I'm so excited about it. We're, we're going to be launching at the end of the month. So we're, we're pretty close. Fantastic. Oh, Okay. I would love to pick your brain about that because it's like, in, you know, apps and I'm looking at apps for myself and I'm like, oh, I just want, but this is not a tech show and I'm not, I'm not allowed to get my geek out. So. <laughs> we, we can geek out later together. Geek out after. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about all that. But, you know, I wonder if some of the, the lessons and things that you have in your program with the adolescents and helping them to, you know, stay on, on course there's overlap into everything, right? There's overlap into business, there's overlap into family. And I wonder if you wouldn't mind sharing some, some great nuggets that the listeners can use today. Mm-hmm. You know, what we've found, especially uh, when you're talking about adolescents, and, and there's some shifting that happens as they get to be young adults. But uh, let's start with adolescents for a second. You know, you have to, it's a challenge as a parent to know exactly 
how much freedom and responsibility to give a teen, it, it should correlate highly with their maturity, not their age. I think that that's not their chronological age. You know, the 18 is this magical number that uh, all of a sudden I'm adult and, you know, I, I'm calling all the shots. But parents uh, sometimes will, will kind of let go of the reins too soon mm. or they'll hold on to them too long. And, and we can do both of those things really, really easily. And so when I think about adolescence, some of the key principles here, first of all, is that their leadership in that family unit, whether they're divorced or separated or not married or whatever, or, or if they're married, they've got to be in unity. We've found in working with well over a thousand families now in their homes really intimately that that's probably the number one key to success for an adolescent to be do well after treatment. And it's interesting, it's not even about the adolescent. Wow. Uh, because quite often their tr challenges do come from a disjointed leadership team, you know, working not in sync. And so that's, that's a really, really vital piece to the puzzle. Have you read the book, A Failure of Nerve? No, I, I haven't. I think you would enjoy him because he does, he's all about that piece about leadership and how that impacts family and organizations and Sorry, just a little segue. I read that recently. I'm going to write that down. I'm going yeah, to write that down. Nerve. It's a fantastic book. Awesome. Sorry, I sidetracked you off your, uh, <laughs> no, off your point. No, I love it. I'm always <laughs> looking for ways to learn. So yeah. that's, that's awesome. So that's one of the things we do. We try to get that to happen. And, and it's not just, oh, we got to be united and we got to be strong. It's no, there's so many nuances to this in terms of the principles you need to apply as parents. Uh, but you got to base it on true, solid principles. And, and if you do, you can navigate lots of different things. You know, that's the great thing about a principle. Like one of our principles is, uh, is nurturing the relationship needs to be a priority, you know, mm. with the kids. And sometimes we're more just into authority instead of nurturing that relationship. Isn't it interesting how you can fall off this either way? You can become too buddy-buddy or you can just be about authority and will it really what they need is they need to not fear you, but respect you and love you. That, that's hard when they're going through those years where they're trying to separate. So there's <laughs> yes. so much that you're trying to help this leadership team do in a concert with each other. Mm. And so that's, that's a big thing. The next thing is, I would say, is to offer challenges and opportunities for your team if they show you a little bit of progress, you know, give them more opportunity. And if they fail, that's okay. Failure is okay as long as we learn from it, right? Mm -hmm. And, and we, we look at it with them in the same way. We got to sit and say, okay, let's, let's talk about that. That didn't go quite as well as you wanted or I wanted. What do we learn from that situation? And they tell us. And then in the end, if we have to exert the leadership again, we just move it back down the ladder a little bit in terms of freedom and privileges and, and say, okay, let's start back here a little bit and let's go forward again. The other thing I would say is vital for the parents is to manage their emotions. Mm. That's, uh, that's the sure. other thing is the, is the key. You can't do these things if anger is in control or guilt is in control or any one of a number of different emotions. And so managing your emotions and knowing how they actually affect you 
And being conscious of all of that is a sign of good leadership. Those are a couple tidbits that I found as an external influencer, as someone that's going to play a real significant role in long-term change for a kid while their brain is maturing still, while they're still you know, trying to make figure this world out and their identity out and all of that, they need us, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and we have to show up in the right way. Then I'd say as young adults, it's really kind of flipped. You know, you're really trying to only step in if you absolutely have to. And in a lot of ways, you're, you're, you're just consulting. Um, That's a great way to spin it. I like that analogy. You're a consultant. You're not yeah. meddling. You're not doing it for them. Right. You're waiting for them to ask you the questions. Yeah. And sometimes you have to help them and, and they're going to fail. That's the interesting thing about our world today that is, is both concerning to me in some ways and, and also just a, a recognition of how complicated this world is for mm-hmm. young adults growing up. And that is that the age of adolescence in the UK right now, you know what, they, what the age of adolescence is for them? What's the upper limit? No. They're looking at 25 now as still adolescent. As far mm-hmm. as how they're acting and behaving? Well, that's the way they almost officially governmentally look at it. And, wow. and it's kind of the way they, they see it societally. Like we're going to expect that they're not going to be independent. They're going to be needing a lot of help. They're going to be needing up until maybe that age or beyond. And that's a sign of both maybe a a society that's become sort of an entitling type of society, but also a complexity that we haven't figured out how to help people grow up quicker. I I mean, you can see we're on, we're on a zoom call. You can see picture in the background above my head here. (laughs) That, That is that's actually an old painting of a team of workhorses pulling a sled through the snow of a bunch of hay on it and people throwing hay off there to feed the cows. That's kind of the background I came from. And, and that's one of the things that helps people be successful and have real change is they've got to be able to feel like they're mastering their world. They're mm-hmm. able to get food on their own. They're able to start to pay their own bills. You start however small that is, but you help them start to feel the sense of self-mastery. That's the beginning of this experience of adulthood. It starts when they're little. Hey, I can tie my shoe. I don't need my mom anymore, right? Mm -hmm. But you ultimately want them to be able to do that on bigger and bigger levels. And so that's really a big piece, a big key to the young adult long-term change because then they've got a passion. They've got something of purpose in their life. And then that can crowd out all the stuff they were doing over time that was filling in this void of not having a purpose. Yeah. Uh, I'm so with you there. I, I really think that our society and this constant push for how do I get it easier? How do I, you know, do it with less effort and, you know, the whole you know, everybody looking at the Tim Ferriss four-hour work week and thinking that that's the ideal. <laughs> and yet, you know, from the world that I've come in is that there's extreme gifts when, when we allow ourselves to push through something that's hard, you know, whether it's running a marathon or working on the farm or whatever it is. I think 
I'm with you. And I think we've lost a lot of that gift of let's dig into the challenge, dig into what's hard and let it move us forward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Find some of that grit, you know, that it's just there. You just gotta, you gotta have you challenged enough to and push through. So you see that you have it. Mm -hmm. And once you see you have it, your confidence grows. Absolutely. Oh, okay. We could totally talk <laughs> for quite some time. I can see that, Dana. You and I have a lot in common. We, you know, we we're on the same wavelength for sure. <laughs> and I would love to, you know, get into some more deeper conversation. Just because I feel like we've just kind of scratched the surface. Like there's so much here about rituals and initiation that we, you know, and how do we, mm, you know, because what's right. lost with the, you know, especially oh. with men, right? What's lost yeah. in that just stepping into manhood and how do you initiate that? So oh my true. goodness. There's so much here, right? <laughs> there is. Ah! There is. <laughs> but I do promise to keep this to roughly a half an hour. So let's give the listeners some links, a link or two where they can best find you and find out more about your work. Yeah. Thanks Dana. And I, I yeah, would love to talk to you more. This has been fun. This has been mm-hmm. really fun to talk to you. So they can find more out more about me at drtimthane.com, uh, dr, com. I have a website as well for our services. It's homewardbound.com. That's the work we do with families in their homes and around transition. Also, there's a Facebook page uh, for Dr. Tim Thane. Uh, there's, there's a book that I wrote called Not By Chance, How Parents Boost Their Teen Success in and After Treatment. It's uh, and so I've got a notbychance.com website as well. Fantastic. Uh, yes. So definitely, you know, connect with Tim, check out what he's doing, get some resources for your kids, for yourself, because these are completely applicable to all of us, you know, and there's, there's work, even if we look at, you know, the work that people are doing with, with teens and kids, it can help to heal our own story, our own journey. So yeah. Thank you once again, Tim, for coming in and and sharing these nuggets and having a great conversation with me. I loved it. Oh, you've been great, Dana. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to The Inner Dominatrix, the show that lets you step into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to tell your friends about it. And if you're ready to own your inner dominatrix, then hop over to my website, innerdominatrix.com and let's have a conversation to get you rocking your bold, sexy, fun-filled life.